she saw him leave that morning, but he didn't come back that afternoon. He didn't show up that night. Nobody heard from him. The teen's body was found in a rolled up gym mat in a high school in 2013. His death ruled accidental. Say my name and remember what you've done. Your hurricane has blackened out the sun. You can't continue to kill unarmed black people and get away with it. But if Kendrick did die of an accident, how, with all that distrust, how could you even ever show that? But then on the flip side, is they didn't treat it like it, it could have been a homicide. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk announced officials were reopening the investigation. Only angle is to find justice for my son. You are currently listening to Ashes to Ash TV, Season 3, The Investigation of Kendrick Johnson, Episode 8, Proof of Trauma. It's a rainy day as I hit the road. So I just left um, Valdosta and I'm now headed to Lake Mary, Florida. This is the second time I've gone down to interview Dr. William Anderson. He's the forensic pathologist who handled Kendrick Johnson's second and third autopsies. This time though, we're going down to kind of take a look at the photos so he can show me on the photos where he is identifying the trauma to the neck um, and what he estimates killed KJ. So I just want to take a second to kind of warn everybody here. Throughout this episode, we do interview Dr. Anderson again, and he shows us some photos uh, from the second and third autopsy that have never been shown publicly before. And the only reason I'm mentioning this is because the images are rather graphic. And I like to be really respectful of the victims and their families in any of these cases that we're working on. So on some of the photos, we did blur out as much as we possibly could. Um, so that you could still see the areas of injury that we're talking about or other evidentiary things um, that we wanted to showcase. I do think it's important to showcase the photos though because I think it helps show the type of evidence that is coming in that lends credence to the fact that he was murdered. So that is why we think it's so important to still show these images, but we do just wanna warn you that they are very graphic and if you're somebody who's triggered by that or has a hard time looking at images like that, we really respect that. So we will do a little countdown, which you'll see at the bottom of your screen prior to the graphic images showing up on screen so you have a moment to turn away Way. And to identify when the image is gone, uh, we've included a little beep, which you'll hear here. So when you hear that beep, that means the images are back off the screen. The images do appear three to four times throughout the episode. So really keep an eye out for those countdown banners if you're having a hard time um, looking at those images because they are extremely graphic. So I just want to give everyone's a heads up. We do have permission to use these photos. I would never use uh, photos that we had not gotten permission to use from the family. So we do have their permission. And through that, we'll just try to be as respectful as possible uh, so that we don't, you know, make anyone have to look at something they'd prefer not to. I wait for Dr. Anderson in my hotel where I've set up a room for the interview. Hello there, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Thanks for coming out, I appreciate it. I'm yeah. sure you've had a busy week, so. 
Have you looked at any of the pictures? You haven't seen any of these pictures, have you? No, no, no. Only pictures from... Well, yeah, I'll show you to see what the problem is. Fortunately, we have a lot of pictures just of the area of injury. We then head to another location to speak with Kenyatta, Kendrick's sister. So I guess let's start with your name and how you knew KJ. Uh, my name is Kenyatta Johnson. I'm his sister. Nice. And what, what's the difference in age there? I'm 28. He's like 25 right now. Okay, so a couple years difference yeah. between the two. Mm -hmm. Did you guys get along pretty well growing up? Yeah, we was the only two. I always had to be home, so we was always together. Kendrick was joy, always happy, always smiling, always playing. He loved football. He loved Lions High. Um, he loved his friends. He lo definitely loved his family. Just all around a good kid. He was pretty social. He was popular in school. Everybody liked him. Yeah. And how about Everybody was cute? Oh, <laughs> he was cute. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. He was pretty good in sports. Real good, actually. Do you think he would have gone on if he was still alive to actually do that maybe professionally even? Yeah, he wanted to go to the NFL, so yeah, he was probably going to do that. When you guys were in school together, you were just were you two years ahead of him in school then? So if he was a sophomore, you were a senior? Or? Mm -hmm. Okay. And did you guys often interact at school or did you not really see him? I know it's a big high school, so. No, I seen him all the time. Like we'll meet um, with each other between classes and stuff like that, so. So can you tell me about the night when he first didn't come home? And I know Jackie around midnight started to get super concerned. Well, I wasn't living at my mom with my mom at the time so she called me and told me to like come to her house and I spent the night over there so once um we got up like the next morning we went out to the school yeah she called me like two times at first she was just asking me like had I talked to him because he would always call at least me or my dad like if he was gonna be staying like at the school so I told her I didn't so as it got like later she ended up calling me again and then that's when she was like come to the house and you know he still hadn't showed up so I just ended up staying the night with her. Did you at that point think that I mean obviously no one could have thought probably what happened to him happened but did you even think that did you were you like well no he must just be out hanging out with friends or something or did you kind of have a sense that something wasn't right? I don't think I really even thought like nothing I definitely didn't think like something had happened though I know I didn't think like that at all so. The body of 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson was found rolled up inside a gym mat in his school's gymnasium back in 2013. Local authorities believe Kendrick died while trying to reach into the mat to retrieve a pair of sneakers. His parents, Jacqueline and Kenneth Johnson, say Kendrick was murdered. There's no way my son would have tried to get up and get in a mat. His shoulders wouldn't go in, first of all. Back with Dr. Anderson, we start to review. Okay, well, one of the first things we did when we took him out of the casket was because of the story that he was found in this gym mat. And I think the hole in the, the gym mat was at most 14 inches across. We obviously needed to know, you know, how big this kid was. Mm -hmm. And so, as you can see in the ruler here, as we did, just document the ruler. And you can see it starts here and goes across, and that is 16 inches. Well, that's 
bigger than the hole. Yeah. So there's essentially no way he's going to get into that gym mat through that hole. Absolutely. And this, uh, this apparently, the, these measurements had not been documented earlier, even though they knew that this, this supposedly had gone into the gym mat. Yeah. It's sort of surprising that nobody had bothered to give us those dimensions before. But this, obviously, you can see where this it isn't our opinion as to what that is. That's a ruler, and it's it's uh, 16 inches, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> absolutely. And do you, I mean, as far as a crime scene, especially with that nature of somebody falling into something, would that be something that would be kind of an obvious thing that most people would? You would think would, so. You would yeah. think so. I mean, you don't have to be a medical doctor to figure out if somebody's bigger than the whole mm -hmm. the, the thing the guy went into that apparently that didn't happen <laughs> so, yeah so absolutely i was really surprised to see when dr anderson pulled up the picture that showed kendrick johnson's width on his shoulders being 16 inches this is really important information for us to have because we'll be doing testing with the mat and inside the mat. So knowing that shoulder width is going to be important to understanding if someone could slide into a hole and what that would look like. I never really thought to ask about the width of the shoulders because every news source I had seen up to that point had only identified it as being 19 inches. His shoulders are 19 inches wide. Squeezing his 19 inch shoulders, his shoulders are 19 inches. But the kid himself, his width was 17 inches. Multiple news articles read that Johnson's shoulders width was 19 inches. I then asked Kenyatta, what was your reaction to finding out that it was KJ that's who had been found on campus? Um, I just remember feeling like just empty. My mama was screaming, I just was walking. I just started walking because I, I didn't feel really nothing at the time. It was just, I just couldn't believe that, so. At what point did you find out that he had been found inside of a mat? Well, they let me identify him by a shoe. Then they came back, like, it took a long time, had us out there for like a while. Then they came and told us that he fell in a mat. Like, they told like all my family at one time. So, yeah. Wow. So even at that time, they were already saying he fell into the mat. Mm -hmm. I was still pretty young, so I don't even think I really thought about it. I just, I didn't think about it at all, just to be honest. Did your parents initially think that, well, maybe he did fall down the mat or they were originally like, uh-uh, something stinks here? No, nah, right off the bat, my mom was like, they did something to him once they came and told, like, as that story, my mom was just like, no, nah, like, they killed her son. Just right off the bat, she didn't think at all that he would fall into no mat. It doesn't make no sense. And I'm assuming that you feel the same now. I know at the time you weren't thinking about it, but now do you think there's any chance it was an accident? There's no chance that it could have been an accident just by looking at the pictures. So, yeah. Yeah, you, you feel that the pictures show more of somebody who was beaten yeah. up or? Yeah, he, he was beaten. The Johnsons hired Dr. Bill Anderson to conduct an independent second autopsy. In that autopsy, Anderson told the Johnsons he'd found evidence that Kendrick died as the result of a blow to the neck and not accidental asphyxia after slipping into a rolled gym mat at school, as investigators in Georgia had said. But what Dr. Anderson did not find shocked them. When we got the body uh, for the second autopsy, that organs, the heart, lungs, liver, etc. were not with the body. The brain? The brain. They were all absent. Every organ from the top of Kendrick's head to his pelvis, gone. 
and then we open them up and we find out there's no organs. Wow, so it's just totally empty inside. We do have the information about the organs, and uh, they didn't they didn't act, even dissect the area that we found the hemorrhage anyway. They didn't even look at that area at the first autopsy, so. Right. It would have been good to see the organs, but it has really nothing to do with bearing on the diagnosis, no, no, no. the fact that's, the organs were Yeah, that's well, kind know, of what they, I think. You know, in case anybody tries to make an issue of that, which, you know, they do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what is this like, what we're seeing here is all just kind of... All like right, this is we've actually opened the, the neck area that we saw the bruising on the outside. We opened the neck area. And here we see in the soft tissues, we start to see hemorrhage, what looks like hemorrhage anyway. And of course, it's important to differentiate that between just post-mortem changes, particularly since the body's been in the ground for such a long time. Yeah. So the next thing we do is we dissect further down and we see more hemorrhage. So you see there's areas that are, if this were just post-mortem settling of blood, you expect to see this all uniformly. And what you do oh, okay. in, in, in trauma, you got actually bleeding into the soft tissues. So, so you're saying it kind of would have all been one color? Or sure, like it should have all been one. So this okay. looks like areas of dark red, which may be blood and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then we go down further and we see even more. And then we make some cuts here and we can see this is obviously hemorrhage in the, the, the area here. There is some bruising of the skin as well. So this is very consistent with blunt force trauma to the area. And when we think one of the things that might have happened was that he was struck here and basically this is near an area called the carotid body, carotid sinus which elevates blood pressure if it's compressed. And if it's compressed, it also can, well, it basically detects elevated blood pressure. But if it happens to be compressed, it may cause the heart to slow down because that's the normal response. If the blood pressure goes up, the body tries to regulate that by slowing the heart rate. And sometimes people will actually go into cardiac arrest from that uh, uh, particular maneuver for compressing the carotid sinus. Next, we see an area, we even go deeper down to the bone, and you can see, here's the bone, mm -hmm. and you can see all this hemorrhage around the, the bone and so forth. So that pretty much from the gross examination, looking at with the naked eye, we know that this is hemorrhage in this area. When Dr. Anderson said gross examination, is I didn't really know what that terminology meant, even though he kind of goes on to explain it a little bit. So I just looked up the definition, and the simple definition is gross examination. The term grossing means inspecting the specimens, describing, and measuring the tissue. There was a gentleman who came forward um, named uh, Ryan Anthony who, who said that he had heard that Kendrick was struck with a 45 pound weight would that would have if somebody struck someone with that would that cause that kind of damage you think yeah i hadn't i actually heard that for sure that somebody had said that we opined that he was probably struck with something uh, possibly or even a cross neck compression hard uh and probably just from that blow you know passed out but that's a distinct possibility. It's definitely something striking the area, compressing and causing the, the damage. I just want to break into the episode real quick and remind everyone to subscribe if you can. If you do subscribe, you'll want to do it right on the website, uh, ashes2ashtv.com. 
www.ashestoashtv.com. All the money goes right back into helping us solve these cases. And if you can subscribe, you get to see episodes early, ad-free content, you get discounts on merchandise, and you also get to be part of the private Facebook subscriber group. So you get a little better access to the crew if you have questions or thoughts. So please subscribe if you can. If you are not able to do that, that's okay though. The content is always free because that's how we get in tips and solve these cases. Thanks for watching and back to the episode. In a proper forensic examination, what you do is, you're not just with the naked eye, but areas of suspicions, uh, possible disease, possible trauma, and so forth, it's always good to use the uh, microscope. And here we see under the microscope the area we take that tissue that we looked at with the naked eye, mm -hmm. and we put that, uh, make microscopic slides of that. We put them in paraffin blocks and uh, then cut tissue and look at it under the microscope. And here you can see in the soft tissues, this is soft tissue, and all of this appears to be red blood cells out into the soft tissues. So this basically confirms that we have this material, which appears to be red blood cells, although because of the time period and so forth, it can be could be confused with you know just regular breakdown of protein and so forth. So what you want to do is. You, you would need to prove that these are red blood cells out into the tissue because if they're in the tissue, that means it took place while blood pressure was, was there because the beating heart pushes the blood pressure and that pushes the cells out into the soft tissue when you have injury. Okay. The injury of the blood vessels and mm -hmm. so forth. So. Now these are special stains in the microscope that pick up certain things. Uh, we use that all the time in biopsy specimens to look for things like bacteria, uh, the presence of a, a abnormal white cells, red cells, and so forth. Well, this is one for hemoglobin. Okay. And now we can see here is the staining of hemoglobin is out into the periphery as well. So that basically proves that these are red blood cells into the soft tissue. So that essentially confirms the fact that this is pressure-induced hemorrhage while the person was alive, and that it is red blood cells, and that makes it consistent with the diagnosis of trauma causing that. CNN reports. The coroner, Bill Watson, says that law in Georgia is that the coroner is to be called immediately once the body is found. We checked, and that's true. Kendrick's body was found at about 10 a.m. He was called at about a quarter to three, and he says that once he arrived, the body had been moved. Well, the body was so badly mishandled that contamination was, uh, is always a problem. When you don't put a body in refrigeration over a three-day period, yeah, when you're supposed to. I mean, I think what was the reason he said, well, they, the refrigerator wasn't working. Well, they got him up to Atlanta or wherever they where did they do the autopsy in Atlanta. Uh, make I thought Macon. Maybe Macon. Well, they got him up there uh, after three days, so they could have gotten him up there after two hours, presumably, right? The roads were still open. I would think you it know? would be a priority to <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, so. Unless something crazy was happening, but... Kenneth said he even thought it was on a warming cycle. Have you ever even heard of a fridge that would no, do that? No, you, you wouldn't warming, but it will get, it'll obviously... So most likely it just wasn't on. It wasn't that, you couldn't yeah. heat anything in the No, but fridges. you wouldn't have to in a refrigerator if you just keep it closed. Right. It's gonna heat pretty well by itself. You oh, know? oh yeah, I don't, I don't absolutely. Have to do a whole lot of heating no. to get him in this position. 
Yeah, that's why I was surprised when he said he said he felt warm, but it could have just... I, well, I, he was. He never cooled off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the problem. He never cooled off. Yeah. CNN continues with its report. Let's talk about this uh, Paramex report. You have a copy, I have a copy. Yes. And uh, let's start with um, this element of bruising of the face. Now, uh, the family says they were told there were no bruises, no signs of foul play, but the paramedics report says that there was bruising noted on the right side of his jaw. It does, and what's interesting is when you look at the autopsy report, there's no mention of any bruising, so it doesn't make any sense. It's interesting, though, that that blunt force was noticed right off the bat. I wish I could talk to him directly, but I want to know why it was taken why out. Why can't you comment directly? He won't respond. I'm referring to the coroner at this point. He's okay. a public official. Is he still the coroner? Uh, no, he's not the coroner anymore. He was, though. He was a public official. Yeah. You're supposed to, part of your duties, that means public official. That's what that means. I would think, well, none, the only person from the whole sheriff's department that would even, we went through the entire list of GBI, like everybody, and the only person who would talk to us was Sheriff Polk. And a lot of the other ones were like, well, the case, and they, they are leaning on the fact that the case is now reopened, so they can't talk to anyone. Yeah, that's another thing, reopen. Did they reopen it just so that nobody would have to talk? I have suspicions because... Because I mean, what are they doing now? Nobody's contacted me, which would be the first thing you'd think if you... When, when the medical examiner in Florida is chosen. The medical examiner is a public officer with medical training that performs autopsies. You have a committee, and uh, the committee generally, you have a public defender, a funeral director, and a citizen. And then you have all the police chiefs, all the sheriffs that are all within your jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of detectives. I mean, there's the, 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 the few lay people that are actually, they're not police officers, they're the state attorney. Yeah. And assistant state attorney from each. So uh, I'm not dependent upon the contract and pleasing the police so you can keep your contract and your job. <laughs> You've got to please those people if you want to keep your contract. No, absolutely. And I think that's, I, so that's why it frustrated me because I want Sheriff Polk to look at this and explain why he doesn't think this is real. Well, we've got the evidence. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's. And when, when, the, when the feds looked at this, they got another pathologist and he agreed with me, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's crazy. It's, but the feds aren't putting any pressure on Lounge. Well, no, but not that. But I mean, the, they got another pathologist, and they agreed that this was. So we have Dr. Fierro agreeing, and the, the uh, this other pathologist agreeing. So, and we got the tissues. I mean, he can look at it and take send it to somebody else if he wants. But yeah, how do how do you explain the bleeding? Next time. I can't tell you whether there was no information recorded in the digital video system or whether somebody made an error and didn't capture it or whether somebody just didn't provide it. They did that. They removed it. They was lying about them saying that it's going in and out or whatever they were saying. All that was lies. And were you pretty convinced at that point that it might have been Bruce that had done something?
Ashes to Ashes created by Ash Patino, Associate Producer Kate Giordano, edited by Jenna A. Bush, Crew Bree Blankenfeld, title music is the song Bones, performed and produced by Eight Graves, web design for Ashes to Ash TV website was done by Second Melody, secondmelody.com. To subscribe and get commercial-free content, early access to episodes, uncut interviews, and discounted merchandise, please go to the website, ashes2ashtv.com, www.ashestoashtv.com to become a member. To follow us on Facebook, go to Ashes to Ash True Crime and on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Ashes to Ash TV. If you have a tip, please email us at ashland57 at gmail.com, A-S-H-L-A-N-D, 57 at gmail.com. We can keep you anonymous. If you know of a legal activity involving this case, please reach out to your local law enforcement.